Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. It's an honor and it's a privilege to be here this morning at Cork City Church. Thank you, Pastor Nick. Thank you to all the pastors for having us, allowing me to speak here um, in this great pulpit that has been such a testimony to this city here, and not only the city, but this nation, not only this nation, but actually the world. So it's an honor and a privilege to be here at Cork City Church, and thank you, Pastor Nick. Thank you to all the pastors. Um, The mission team thanks the, the congregation here for being so warm to us and welcoming us and being there for us during this time that we have been here. And we have some more days to go, so we're looking forward to building more relationships during this time. Pastor Owen O'Sullivan, which is my pastor, and Sarah O'Sullivan, they send their love and their well wishes to everybody, and uh, they hope to see everyone soon. All right, let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. I have a very unique accent, okay? That's the bottom line. This is a proper American accent, and don't let any American tell you any different. Kind of like... Cork accents, a proper Irish accent, right? So, um, but just remember, I have a unique accent, and it, it will come out very thick when I speak and I get passionate about the Lord, but just remember that you have a unique accent to me, okay? So that's enough about that. You're not here to hear me pontificate. Let's pray, and let's go into the Word, if you'll bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy, and we thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the spirit of the living God, Lord, that we feel here right now. Lord, as soon as we walked into this sanctuary, Lord, as soon as we woke up from our sleep, Lord, we felt your spirit tangible with us, Lord, and we thank you for that, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. And here today, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the holy word of God. Lord, we thank you for giving it to us, Lord, to lead us and to guide us, Lord, through this path and this journey of life, Lord. Lord, I know there's power in this word. We know there's power in this word. Lord, we don't rush into this, Lord, but we honor, Lord. We cherish, Lord, the holy word of God, Lord. Lord, and we thank you, Lord, for the anointing, Lord, that makes speaking effective, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for the spirit of God, Lord, that's here, Lord. Hide me behind the cross. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for using such a broken vessel, such a chip vessel, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for putting such a great gift inside of me, Lord. And I thank you. It's only because of my Lord and Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, our, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And we thank you here today and we worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. So this morning I want to talk to you from the sermon title, Prayer in the Darkness. Prayer in the Darkness. And we see here at the Garden of Gethsemane, we see under the backdrop of darkness, we have two stories unfolding here. We have one story with this, we see the disciples who are uh, rejecting God's will, who are lashing out in anger, who are trying to hold it all together. And they're ultimately, we see defeat. We see as the uncertainty of the night grows, we see it leading to pain and we see it leading to defeat. Then we see another story that's unfolding, and we see complete submission to God the Father's will by the Son of Man. We see Jesus choosing complete submission, and under the darkness, in the face of rejection and betrayal and abandonment, 
the Son of Man, His certainty grew. And it leads Him to pain, but it also leads them through. <laughs> so one story we see the disciples and they're rejecting under the, the backdrop of night. We see them rejecting God's will. We see them lashing out in anger. We see them lashing out in fear. We see them trying to hold it all together. And in the face of rejection and abandonment, we see them leaving and we see them defeated and we see them going through pain. And the other story we see here is complete submission to God the Father's will by the Son of Man. We see Jesus choosing complete submission and under the same darkness and the same rejection and the same betrayal and the same abandonment, we see the Son of Man's certainty grow. We see Him leading. We see Him going into the pain. But we see ultimate victory. See, there's always darkness of uncertainty, no matter where we're at in life. But in that darkness, the light of truth shines the brightest. Sometimes God's plan actually leads us through the middle of darkness. But His plan is always the best. See, there's a tension between God's will and my will. There's a tension between faith and control. And sometimes that's where we live as children of God. We have this tension in our heart. We have this tension in our mind. We have this tension in our spirit because we want to believe, but we still want control. We want to be in control, but we still want to have faith. And sometimes we live in that tension continuously because of the darkness of night, because the uncertainty of the night. And we see this tension here. Either we can walk in faith or we can control the situation. And we see this, that man takes paths of least resistance, but God takes the paths of the greatest glory. I'm an avid hunter. I love going into the woods. I love hunting wild game. And when I go into the woods, I don't walk through a, uh, through a thick bush. What I do is I find a trail to walk down, a game trail, so my path will be the least resistance. And sometimes in our Christian walk, that's the same thing we do. We want the path of least resistance. Man desires that path, but God always takes the path of the greatest glory. Aren't you happy for that here this morning? He takes the path of the greatest glory. And we have a choice to make. My will or His will. His will or my will. And there must be an intentional decision made to follow God's will. You have to be intentional about that. And it's just not a one time, it's a daily thing. I die daily. I have to submit to that will over and over again because when times get tough, when times get dark, when times get uncertain, the first thing that man wants to do is grab control. The first thing that man wants to do is put it all together. But what happens when we put it all together? We have to keep it together. We have to keep it going. We have to do... The, uh, we have to, uh, uh, to put our hand to it. See, the difference between God's will and my will is this. My will starts out easy, and it gets hard. God's will starts out hard, but eventually it gets easy. And we see under the cover of darkness, in the face of rejection, in the face of betra betrayal, in the face of abandonment, we see Jesus giving us an example of how we submit to God's will. And we see in Luke chapter 22, verse 39 through 40, it says this. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives, as he was accustomed. And his disciples also followed him. 
And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. So we have Jesus here and his disciples, and they're out, of, they're out at the Mount of Olives, a place that uh, has a lot of Jewish history and a lot of prophecy was, to, were fulfilled there. And this is the night of Jesus' arrest, where he will be rejected, where he will be betrayed, where he will be abandoned. And we see Jesus entering the garden that same night that he's going to be betrayed. And we see him going to do what? We see him going to pray. See, he's no stranger to prayer. He's no stranger to this garden. It says, as he were accustomed. He went to this altar of prayer multiple times throughout his life. He would go to those places of prayer to seek for strength and to get guidance from God the Father, to submit to God the Father's will. And we see this here in Scripture, how he went to this garden to pray. He had a life that was devoted to prayer, constant communion with the Father. He had power of prayer, the strength and direction that he would gain. Christ prayed, so let us pray. Let us not forsake those places of altars in our life. Let us go to him for strength. Let us go to him for guidance. Let us cast our cares upon him. He cares for us. See, a man that's on his knees is taller than the trees. When you go before the Lord in prayer, all of heaven slows down. All of heaven becomes quiet. And Yahweh hears his children pray. He knows where we're at. And us being earthly father will give our, our earthly kids good gifts. How much more will our heavenly father give those who he has called and he has ordained and he has called for such a season as this. Let us be a people of prayer. See, prayer don't always change the situation, but you know what it will do? It always changes me in the situation. And as my perspective changes, my life will change. And as the life changes, the victory comes. And as I look unto him, I see the victory that we have. Let us be church, a church of prayer from Ireland to America. Let us always be that people that will come before the throne of grace in our time of need. Because Christ has prepared the way for us. People of prayer. And we see Jesus here as he's going to pray. He instructs the disciples to pray. And he tells them to pray so they don't fall into temptation. Now, what is this temptation that he's talking about here? Well, that word actually means trial. So pray so you do not fall, fail the, trail, the, the, the trial. And we, we see this here. He instructs them to pray. See, we know the disciples had a problem with submitting to God's will. See, right before we, um, we get into the garden, you know what the disciples are doing? They're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Who's going to be the greatest? Now, this is right before they're going into the garden. You see the tension. See, they had a will. They had a plan. In their mind, they had made up how this was all going to go down. But you know what? They were wrong. And it caused tension in their life. It caused tension among their group. It caused tension, and we see this here. And Jesus tells them, pray so you don't fall into temptation. Do you see a picture of your life here? Because I do. I love the Word of God. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. You can see yourself in it, especially the weak moments. When Christ is walking on water, I can't see myself in that. 
But I can see myself and the disciples as they're trying to hold it all together and they're panicking. And we see here the tension in the disciples of who's in control, who's going to bleed, who's going to sit at the right hand, who's going to sit at the left hand. All these motives because they had a plan, but God had a plan. See, they wanted the path of least resistance, but God was taking the path of the greatest glory. And Jesus says, tells the disciples to pray so you don't fail the test. And the same with us, children of God. God has instructed us to pray, to stay in communication with him. Pray without ceasing. What does that look like? It, beca- it comes to a place as a child of God where you can walk in communication with God continuously. And just because you forgot about it don't mean he forgot about you. And sometimes we think about that, that God's plan for our life and his faithfulness to us uh, depends on me being thoughtful of him and remi- reminding myself that he's here. But no, it's coming back to the place of faith, knowing that, hey, I might have forgot about you for a split second, but you have never forgotten about me. Being people of prayer says pray so you don't fall into temptation. And we see what happens here. They, they fight. They lash out. They put, pull swords. And eventually, they all run like cowards. We know that they fail the test. They lash out in strength. They lash out because of the darkness and the uncertainty. And they run and they abandon Jesus. See, my will involves me holding it all together. And I will always give up on my own power. But God has a supernatural power for us. So we know the disciples failed the test. And we can all attest to that because we fail the test daily. Aren't you glad for God's grace and his mercy and his long suffering for us? And that he instructs us. And that we can follow him so we know that part. We, we, can, we can all testify to that. I know how it is to fail the test, but let's see how Christ passed the test. Luke chapter 22, verse 41 through 44 says this. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's throw away. And he knelt down and he prayed, saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. See, Jesus don't instruct the disciples to do something that he doesn't lead by example. And we see what he does here. He tells them, pray so you don't fall into temptation. But then what does he do himself? As a disciple maker, as Jesus Christ himself, he leads by example and he goes away to pray. And we, we see here in the scripture, we see the, the tension that the son of man is under. See, Christ has a, as a choice here. Do I take the path of least resistance or do I take the path of the greatest glory? And we know what's going to take place here. We know he knows the agony that he is under and the the, the rejection and the betrayal and the abandonment that's about to take place on the cross. He knows how he will be arrested. He knows how he will be betrayed. He knows how he will be beaten. He knows how he will have to carry his torture device down the Via Della Rosa. He knows how he'll have to come to the place of the skull. He knows how he will have to have the nails pierced through his hands. And that's the easy part of it. The next part is even worse. Then he knows the cup of divine wrath 
that all the wrath that God had towards sin will be poured out to him. He would take our sin so we could be justified. And he's praying here under such agony. And he says, Lord, if it will, let this cup pass by me. But he says, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. He's under such agony here. The cup of divine wrath. See, before Jesus died on the cross, he dies in this garden. Jesus accepts God's will. And he says, not my will, but let your will be done. Children of God, he felt every agonizing part of this. I think sometimes we look at it from aloof. And we look and we say, well, he was the son of God. Look at the miracles he did, but he felt every stripe on his back. He felt every hair that was plucked out of his face. He felt the, the, the pressure from every nail that went through his hand. He felt the rejection and the mockery that took place. He felt all of that. And he knew he would feel it. And he knew that he was following God's will. And he says, God, he says, Lord, let this cup pass from me, but not my will. Let your will be done. You see the tension that he's under here. You see everything that he's going through emotionally. See, the first time Jesus submitted to God's will and overcame temptation was in the wilderness. And we see what he did there. He did it through the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, it is written. The second time he submits to God's will is this. He overcomes temptation and he submits by God's will, doing God's will through prayer. The combination of the word and the prayer. You see how the Lord continually walked in the Father's will because of those two in his life. Let that be a guidepost for us children of God. Not only do we have the word and we have prayer, but we have the promised Holy Spirit inside of us. The teacher, the advocate, the, him, him that goes before us, him that leads us into all truth, him that teaches us what we cannot learn on our own. Let us follow Christ's model here as he submits and he says, not my will, but your will be done. But you see the miraculous miracle that takes place once he submits. He submits and an angel comes and he strengthens him. And this is a supernatural strength that's coming to minister to Jesus Christ. And this was evident, evidence that God the Father was with him the whole time. And in our life, it's the same way. We have Jesus Christ, that proof that God is with us. In the moments of betrayal, in the moments of darkness, in the moments of uncertainty, we have the Holy Spirit with us that's proof that Jesus Christ is with us. So no matter what you're facing here today, whatever you're going through here today, the voice of truth, Jesus Christ alive in you, is proof that God the Father is with you. Will you pray, Father, not my will, but let your will be done in my life. But even though Jesus submits to God and God the Father's will, he's still in agony. He's still praying. See, there's a process of submitting. There's an ongoing surrender. See, this is one of the most powerful prayers that you will ever pray as a child of God. But it's one of the most, pray, most prayed prayers of a child of God. 
It's so freeing to say, Lord, not my will, let your will be done in this situation. No matter what that looks like. But it's something that you will have to pray continuously as a child of God. Because we continue to want to take back. We continue to want to fix it. We continue to want, can it be this way? Can it be that way? And we want the path of least resistance. But every trial that he's brought us through, he's always got the greatest glory. He's always showed his hand mighty. We've never come out the other side of a trial and look back and say, I wish I would have worried more about that. Because when we came through the other side of the Jordan River, we seen the faithfulness of God and his hand was with us the whole time. He'd never left us. He'd never forsaken us. But he was with us. Will anybody pray, not my will, let your will be done in my life here today and in this morning. But he's still in agony. He's still praying. And somebody might say, man, I'm praying that. Pastor Matt, you don't know what I'm facing. My situation is more serious than what you've ever faced. I I beg to differ because there's nothing that's not common to man. We all face sickness. We all face financial stuff. We all face uh, loved ones that are lost. We all have those situations in our life. The law of average, the law of numbers just proves that true and over and over again. But one of the most freeing prayers, keep on praying it. Lord, not my will, let your will be done in this. Lord, not my will, let your will be done in this. Lord, I submit to the, the bigger picture because, because I know that you will get the greatest glory. And that's what our lives are supposed to do as children of God. And you see here, as he went back to pray, he had to pray more earnestly. Now he's praying and his, 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 his sweat is becoming as great drops of blood. So you see the tension that he's under, the agony our The Son of Man, our Lord and Savior, is under. As He's buckling under the pressure, as He's having to submit and dig so deep to say, Lord, I trust You. Lord, I know Your will is greater than mine. Lord, I know there will be weeping that endures for the night, but joy will come in the morning. Lord, I know what is going to take place here, and I know what I have to face in this cup, but I will pray. And He prays more earnestly, so just because you prayed it once, don't mean you don't have to pray it again. It don't mean you don't have to pray it more earnestly the next time. But the one thing is always true. Will I live in that tension or will I submit to God the Father? Luke chapter 22, verse 45 through 53 says this. When he rose up from prayer... And he had come to his disciples. He found them sleeping from sorrow. Then he said to them, why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. And while he was still speaking, behold, a multitude, and he was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before him and drew near to Jesus and kissed him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those around him saw that What was going to happen? They said to him, Lord, shall we strike with a sword? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, permit even this. And he touched his ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priest, captains of the temple, and the elders who had come to him, have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs? When I was with you daily in the temple, you did not seize me. But this is your hour and the power of darkness. I love this, how it starts off. 
It said that he, when he rose up from prayer, he started off low on the ground praying. But by the end of it, he was standing on his feet. Jesus started low, but he ended high. He reached there because of submission. He was obedient unto death, and now what? He sits where? See, he started low, but through prayer, he was eventually raised up. And he stands up, and Judas comes up and betrays him with a kiss. Now, we got some sayings in the south of America, south, north America. And it says this, stab me in the chest or stab me in the back, but don't betray me with a kiss. Such an intimate betrayal. And he comes up and he kisses him. How angry would you be? And we give the account of this same night in the book of John, but he says the scriptures must be fulfilled. See, Jesus starts at the end and he works his way backward through time. See, the scriptures must be fulfilled. See, he was always in control this night. No matter what he was facing, he was always in control. As Judas betrayed him, he was in control. That's why he could say friend. When the, when the elders and the chief priests rejected him, he was in control. When the disciples abandoned him, he was in control. He actually covered them. And he told them, said, leave them alone as they ran. He said, because the scriptures must be fulfilled. So I'm here to tell you, my friend, when you're rejected, he's in control. When you're betrayed, he's in control. When you're abandoned, he's in control. He's in control of every situation that a child of God enters into. See, how could he say friend? How could he cover the disciples as they ran? Jesus said it clearly. Nobody takes my life. I gladly lay down my life. See, he submitted because he was in control the whole time. He was able to respond with love and compassion because he was in control the whole time. It actually says when they came to arrest him in the book of John on account of this night, he, they come looking for him. He says, I am he. And it said that they fell back because of the power of God. The I am that I am is now in the Garden of Gethsemane. The I am from the Old Testament is now in the I am of the New Testament. Now the I am that I am is in your life and in that darkness, in that uncertainty, in that rejection, in that betrayal. You can hear that voice saying, I am that I am is with you here today. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. <clears throat> So how do we apply this to our life? So easy to preach about it, Pastor Matt. You're going to get on a plane, you're going to go back to America where everything's great. It ain't that great. We got the same problems, we face the same dilemmas as anyone in the world. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says this. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand 
of the throne of God. See, Jesus could pass the test. See, he could see past the pain of the cross. Think about this. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. That don't sound too joyful to me. That don't sound like a good holiday for me. For the joy set before Pastor Matt Poole, he took a 10-day cruise. That's joyful. But it says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. See, Jesus could see past the situation that he was in into an eternal hope. He could see the salvation of mankind. He could see a reconciliation of the, the brokenness between man and mighty God, the holy God, restored through his perfect sacrifice. And because he could see through the darkness, he could see through the pain, he could see through the cross, it was a joy to endure. So no matter what you're facing here today, no matter what you're going through here today, look with an eternal hope. Look through the pain, look through whatever you're facing and see the eternal Jesus Christ that has saved every one of us that has accepted him as a child of God. And let that be our hope and our strength and our direction and our guidance as the children of God here in Cork City. Aren't you happy for that here today? Looking unto Jesus. See, he was betrayed so we could have true loyalty. Proverbs says, a friend that sticks closer than a brother. In the darkness, we have a friend. See, he was rejected so we could find true acceptance. Ephesians says that when we believed, we were marked with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. In the darkness, we have a promise. See, he was abandoned so we could be redeemed. Ephesians says, in him... We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin in accordance with the riches of God's grace. See, in the darkness, we have been forgiven and nobody can ever take that from you. No situation can ever take that from you. The redeeming work of Jesus Christ. Aren't you happy for that here today as children of God? So let us look. Let us see past the darkness. Let us submit to God's will. Knowing who we are as children of God. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. The power of submission through prayer. No matter where you're at, what darkness you may be in, there's victory because Christ is at the right hand of the Father and he sits down. The work is done. It is finished. The work is done. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. If you all stand. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.